from the campus of Stanford University. This is Schools In. They believe that what we're being told is everything they need to know and they just pay attention to that. You actually have to teach the teachers how to teach for innovation. With your hosts, Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope. Welcome to Schools In. I'm Denise Pope, Senior Lecturer with the Graduate School of Education here at Stanford. And I'm here with my co-host, Dan Schwartz, who is the Dean of the Graduate School of Education. Hello, Denise. Hi, Dan. How's it going? I, I know you've been laying in wait for, for this. Well, you've been preparing. So just stump me. I get, Do it. I get really excited because usually you stump me. So in the few times where I actually have some statistics to ask you, it's totally exciting. So are you are you ready? Boy, am I excited to okay. be wrong. Okay. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Growth this, mindset. These Go. are hard. These are Go. hard. Okay. What percent of all undergraduates in the United States are educated from a community college? Ooh. So if I was in community college and then I moved into a four-year, does that still count? Yes. And, and the question was percent? Yes. 64. It is not 64%. <laughs> that is a, 10, li- a little. 10%. Okay, 64 is too high, 10 is too low. So the actual number is community college educate 40% of all undergraduates in the United States. That that, is, I wasn't too bad. No, you were, but I, for me, that was a high number. I, I was surprised to hear that number. Yeah. Um, so here's another one. That might surprise you. What is the transfer rate from community colleges to four-year colleges? In other words, you start out at a two-year at a community college, and then you transfer to a four-year. Is this of those who would like to do that, or is this across the whole population? This is everybody who actually transfers. Uh, What percentage? Yeah, no, I was asking what the denominator was, but that's okay. I'm going to say that... 25%. 25%. Close. It's actually 33%. I'm getting better. You are getting better. 33%, a third of yeah. students. Basically, that's the transfer rate. I Now I know what, what question you're asking. So a third of students who are at community colleges right. end up transferring to four-year colleges. Right, because I, I took some courses at a community college, but it was not with the intent of sort of getting a degree. You took it for other reasons. Yeah. What did you take? French. Oh, gosh, Dan, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> didn't, it didn't work so well. <laughs> Actually, um, I, I, I took uh, Spanish. Did you take Spanish, too? I took Spanish, yeah. It was a nice chance to meet people. I don't, I didn't, language is not my specialty. You're so. multilingual. <laughs> I'm poorly. Okay, built. here, I've got two more questions for you. Ready? I want to know what you think the median salary, this is national, okay, the median salary for someone who only has a high school diploma 35. Oh my gosh, Dan, that's really good. It's 36. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. How did you know that? See, I'm never that good when you stump me. Uh, I think I was looking at the new tax rates. Oh, see, that's smart. Okay, so then maybe this is an easy one for you. If you have a community college degree, what's the median salary then? Uh, I'm working on it. So I have a community college degree and then I'm employed for, say, 40 years. How much is it worth to me? It's like half a million. So I'm going to say it's about ten thousand more. Dan, you are really good. It's so money. It's, it's about money. It's for <laughs> that's why you're so good. So it's if you have a high school diploma, it's thirty six thousand. 
If you have a community college degree, the median, obviously it's different everywhere, but the median is 42600 And someone with a four-year degree, the median, you want to take a quick guess? I'm going to say it's over your lifetime of earning. It's worth $2 million to have a four-year degree over a, over a high school degree. So I'm going to say, sorry, sorry, <laughs> divide by three, remainder one. <laughs> a mind uh, at so work. 68000 Oh, Dan, gosh, 60000 That's really, you're amazing. Okay, Dan, you clearly have won, but I think we really should uh, introduce the expert, just, the true just, expert here. If, if this were any math class and I were off by nearly 8,000. Hey, I took it. I took it. No, because you were within the right, you know, decile. I was excited. That's how I do math. Six I'm in the right decile. Six it's million a year. They yeah. make six million a year. <laughs> so, uh, we, we're very fortunate today to have one of the world's experts on community college. This is uh, Debbie Butt, is the chancellor of the San Jose Evergreen Community College District. I believe a chancellor is someone who sees over all the community colleges, unlike a president who oversees one. She has a long tenure in higher education and has degrees from UC Santa Barbara, San Francisco State, and Stanford, Yay. where she got her master's from the Graduate School of Education. Her goals include ensuring that colleges always have the resources to provide seamless career and transfer pathways to students. Welcome for joining us, Debbie. Thank you so much for having me. So I, I'm going to start very quickly and simply. My son did not go to community college. He almost did, but in the end, we managed to find something else for him. So I don't have anybody in the community college system. Why should I care about community colleges if it's not about my kid? Well, community colleges are open access institutions, and they really serve very often first-generation students. What's so important about it is really for every dollar that is spent on a community college student, the return is about $4.50. So it's a wonderful investment in our underserved populations. That's stunning. Thank you. That's a huge return. It's, it's a huge return. Do you know how they compute this, Denise? What I have else? no idea how they compute for every dollar, yeah. it turns into over four. Do you have any idea how they compute that? Uh, there's been many different studies done really looking at the return on investment yeah. and saying, because you know, currently it costs about $5,000 to educate one community college student. Unlike CSU, it's about 13000 Let me just free. tell, CSU is California State University. Oh, thank you. And the University of California system is about $20,000 per student to educate. And the things that's uh, so exciting, and many people don't understand the value of community colleges, they really have three main uh, missions. One is to help students transfer to a four-year uni university. The other is to help for career education. And the other is to help build foundational skills of students need more help in their math or English. Mm -hmm. What's so exciting is had your son chosen to go to a community college, that we have more than half of the students that graduate from our community college systems are graduate from the CSU, and our community college students make up over 30% of the UC graduates. Right. So University is... of California, 30%. Yes. yes. That's yeah. amazing. And 50% of the California State University system. So I've, I've, is this a very unique thing in California where we have the lineup of the community college, the Cal State 
colleges and then mm-hmm. the universities? Right. Where there, is, this, is this New York do right. this? Or? New York has a great system also. What is currently in effect in California is part of the higher ed master plan. And that was really to ensure that California community colleges are open access. The California state universities serve about top 30 percent of students. And then UCs, they serve about the top 12 percent oh, of the students. That. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. This, and, yeah, and the piece that we find so exciting is when students go to a community college and then transfer, they succeed at the same rate as the students that entered that institution as a freshman. And from the University of California system, more than 50% of the students graduating in the STEM field, science, technology, engineering, and math, started at a community college. This is Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope. We are speaking with Debbie Budd, the chancellor of the San Jose Evergreen Community College District, talking about the benefits of community college. They're great engines, these community colleges. They're a tremendous engine, both for personal growth, but also for the economy and so this, so it's a good investment. It's yes. it's a great investment. We really um, actually are seen as the equity engine uh, because of the open access and the um, low tuition and free to many. It is really the first avenue in to higher education to really break the bonds of generational poverty, because many times when someone's from a family that's never gone to college, they don't even know those first steps, and that's what we really help with is that transfer. Uh, Denise, in your earlier stump question, you mentioned that 40% of the students started in a community college, 20% nationwide started in the California Community College. Wow, yeah. that's because our state's so big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, just the, the girth alone, right? So I have a question for you because I, I have some friends whose kids started in community college and they are working jobs while they're taking classes. And it's really hard. Some of them have kids already, so they've got childcare and they're working jobs and they're trying to do their homework. And the worry is that they're not going to complete that degree to even be able to transfer to a four-year college. How often does that happen? Well, I think that's one of the challenges you asked earlier, that percentage that transfers. And going back to your question was, well, what's my denominator? You know, when you're talking about mm-hmm. that rate. But over a six-year time frame, usually in our district, in the San Jose Evergreen Community College District, about 50% uh, transfer over that time period. But it is it is that percentage because of all those issues you talk about. They're working. They have families. Sometimes the people in the denominator also are there just for a Spanish class, right, but not there for the transfer. And it's really how we help expand those um, horizons. But a huge piece of it is having that financial aid and helping with those supports and really helping the students see when they get financial aid that that should be really their job during that time so it can help pay them to study. So everybody now recognizes the value of a college education, financially at least. Why don't we make community colleges compulsory or some post-high school schooling compulsory? Is it because you, you may be forcing people to go to school when they really need to be making money now? Wait, so you're saying we should require every single person... Yeah, make it K-14 instead of K-12. So you want them to graduate high school. And then they, they have to go to a community college or a, or a four-year school. Or, or a trade school. Or a trade school or professional yeah. school. Why and, don't we make that required? Gotcha. 
I think that's a great question, and I think that's a lot of what's behind currently the National Promise Programs and the California Promise Programs to help all students know that they can go to college and to make college free because so many families don't understand that it is an attainable goal. And so we currently have a San Jose Promise to create a college-going culture in the city of San Jose, like is nationwide. And we have a Dr. Jill Biden to thank for that, Martha Cantor, our previous president, Barack Obama, really helping raise the image of the community colleges. But what we're currently doing is what's called dual enrollment. So students get college credit while they're in high school. So our ultimate goal, and there are many schools that are doing this, when students graduate with their high school diploma, they get their AA degree at the same time because they're getting a statistics class while they're in high school that could count for both their high school math and their college math. And the more we do that gets closer to, as you said, why don't we do that? It's really helping open the doors and having all of the possibilities for students. This is Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope. We're talking with Debbie Budd about community colleges. And I have a question based on what you just said then. I think a lot of parents think that that's an exciting thing, that you get your high school degree and you're also getting college credit. Is it for everybody? Should every high school student be enrolled in community college classes? And I know the parents out there are thinking, will this help my kid get into a four-year? Is this going to look better? Is this an edge? I think that's a great question, and many parents might have those thoughts. One of our goals is to ensure when students graduate high school, they're college-ready so that we have strong articulation agreements with the high school faculty so that we know if they've completed a certain class in high school, they're ready to enter a college-level class, and even better yet, that they've received college credit because we know that many students don't graduate from a four-year university in four years, and by helping with those college credits early, we can really help make that happen and make it affordable because when a student is in high school, they actually don't have to pay any fees for their college classes. Whoa, free. Free. So I love this idea for a couple of reasons. For some kids, all they think about is, I got to get out of high school. It's killing me, this waking up and going to seven classes a day and putting my nose to the grindstone and stuff that I'm not necessarily interested in. They hate it. And what I've seen is kids who go to take a college class, all of a sudden you feel like, well, one, you get to choose what you're studying. It's usually something a little bit different from the offer in high school or maybe taught differently, or at least you're around kids who seem a little bit more motivated or not your same old high school pals. And I think you do get a flavor of what it's like to be on a college campus and to have those study skills. So I love the idea of free, available to high school students. I just want to make sure I understand. The idea is not that we can give them the college experience in high school or we can shorten the college experience because they've had it in high school because the college experience is different than high school. It is we can give them a taste of what college is like, we can prepare them for college, and maybe we can stop them from rattling around the system for five to six years because they've picked up some extra credits. Right, that's correct, as well as because they come to college then with units, then they can move on more rapidly with less fees to their master's or Uh doctorate degree. I did this, I took uh, AP history, and then I went to my undergraduate, and so I could skip the intro AP course. AP advanced placement. Advanced placement history, uh, which I didn't really care about very much. And uh, I was able to skip the intro course in college, Mm -hmm. and I stepped into a course on uh, medieval history, which I thought was going to be about, like, knights and damsels, and it turned out to be about popes and politics. I got slaughtered. The belief that the AP course was... 
giving me the same thing that an intro college course. Now, maybe the community college courses in high mm-hmm. school would give me the same thing. I don't know. So that's really a great point, and that is part of those barriers we're helping to remove. Because for a student, if they take an AP class, they still have to take the AP test. Right. right? Um, our community college classes articulate to the four-year universities. So when they finish that, that is that general ed class that they're right. taking. So when you say articulate, I just want to make sure everyone understands what that means. It means when you take a community college class at a California community college, the University of California recognizes that as fulfilling their general ed requirements. So you don't have the hassle of trying to find a way to transfer the units. They articulate to one another. They work seamlessly. Yes, seamless is a perfect word for it. Got it. That's, that's, I don't know that every state does that, so that's also very exciting. Yeah, it's a really exciting piece. It is good. Let's talk about the Open access. So I'm a kid in school, and I've, I've managed to squeak through. I've got a couple of Ds, but I've, I've finished my requirements. Community college, uh, if I apply, they have to admit me, or I get into a pool where some community college has to admit me. Is that the model? Yeah. You apply to a community college to, uh, to fill in all of your information, and then you are admitted. So, yes, it is absolutely open access. And if you need help with some of those foundational skills, whether help with your math or your English, will help build those foundational barriers to get you to college level. So quick quick question. There's a community college I really like. Everybody else likes it. We all apply. We all get in. And they just add another bungalow for the increase in students or... That's a great question. Um, across the state, different colleges, you know, get funded by the students they serve. And certainly when there was the economic downturn years ago, not only were uh, California State Universities and University of California turning students away, but we were at capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but we absolutely, faculty could t- took more students to really help open those doors. So I don't know if I'd say it's opened another bungalow. Um, we are very fortunate in the state of California that we're able to pass bond measures to help increase our facilities. And many times, if you walk on a um, California community college campus, there's newer buildings uh, and technology than at Cal State University or University of California. This is Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope. We will have more with Debbie Budd talking about community colleges and the importance of access to a college education for all next on SiriusXM Insight 121. You're listening to Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope from the campus of Stanford University. Welcome back to Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope. We are talking with Dr. Debbie Budd, the Chancellor of the San Jose Evergreen Community College District, about the benefits of community colleges. So I uh, started by asking if my, what is the benefit of community college to society? So I have a kid. Actually, this is fictional. I do have a kid, but my kid is too old. (laughs) Not the one you're talking about now. (laughs) Right. Uh, This is my imaginary kid. He's thinking about going to community college. He he can get into a four-year college. But community colleges can do things that are different than four years. For example, they they have more of a direct line to industry, for example. Like uh, you develop 
special equipment to prepare them? Is this, is this correct? About um, yes, it's a correct. And what we find so often is we do teach many of the applied fields. So there is, we do have 15 colleges now working on bachelor's degrees in the community college, and they are applied bachelors. So they're getting the hands-on experience. And often, many times, individuals like your son might graduate from a four-year university with all the theory, but none of the hands-on, and they'll come back to a community college for a biotech certificate and then go into the industry. We have programs in advanced manufacturing where students are developing wearable technologies, and even some of our students most recently, even in the high school, um, through our dual enrollment programs, have um, now applied for patents with some of that innovation. Very interesting. Yeah, it's really exciting. Another another piece that's so great is um, we do have the we do have some internships and mentorships, and many of our students that are in their first two years of community college then can get an internship at place, places like Stanford for our pre med students, as well as learning things like coding. It's very good. But I've always the community college to my mind and naive when I was growing up was it was a vocational school. But it, it can't just be a vocational school because you're preparing students for four-year liberal arts. But it also does have some vocational that's kind of special because it has – it can flex to new breakthrough vocations that may be harder for other places to capture. So, so thank you for clarifying. And really, you're hitting on um, our stackable certificates. Stackable certificates. Yeah, stackable wow, that certificates. sounds schmancy. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> well, it helps students get into the field in career education. And, and so it used to be career technical education, CTE. The uh, term now is career education to help them get into the fields while earning their degree. And ideally, then they could even work and move on to their four-year degree. So a stackable certificate is like a badge? Yeah, it, it, uh, many times we're hearing people talk about badging systems. That's even coming out of some of the programs like with the MOOCs, with the massive mm-hmm. online open curriculum and the course where students can learn it through a MOOC, then get supplemental instruction, and then get a badge or have a four-year university say by completing this course you can get credit for it. And that is now being talked about more and more. There's a lot of talk now about online education. Even the four-year universities are doing online and with all of the technologies, whether you can do it with a hologram or have online and supports. It's just how do we reach out to more students? You know, hologram, like where the emperor was, you could see him on the ship as 3D in Star Wars, that kind of hologram? Popping out of your cell phone. (laughs) Wow. wow. <laughs> that is pretty exciting. Yeah, it's, it's pretty so, so I can just imagine Denise at dinner, and there's the cell phone, and suddenly Dan pops out and sort of <laughs> says, uh, Denise, don't forget to clean the dishes for your family, and then like, disappear. That's and, not bad. And yeah, then they can get a stackable certificate in uh, chores <laughs> at my house. I would actually really like that. So I, you know, I think there's a, a stigma. I hope this isn't insulting. I think there's a stigma attached to community college in some areas in some communities where they say that is where people go who don't do well in school, don't do well in high school, or that is for people who don't want to get a four-year degree. So how do you break that stigma? I think that's a great question, Denise. I think for many years people thought exactly that, that community college was the second choice or the last choice. And very often now it's becoming the first choice because of the expense of of a college degree. You know, when we think that currently in the nation, there's $1.48 trillion in debt, and 44 million people have student loan debt, 
If you can go to a community college and not have to pay those high fees for those first two years and then be able to transfer, or if you can go to a community college and get a certificate and be in a trade or go into industry and make a high wage, there's many options. So it doesn't need to be the second choice or have that stigma. And that's part of what we're really trying to help people see by creating dual enrollment programs while in high school, by helping share the great uh, expertise of our faculty and staff. Our instructors have doctorate degrees just like, or many of them do just like in four-year universities. And so they're getting the great experience at the community college before they transfer. This is Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope. We are here with Dr. Debbie Budd talking about affordable community college. I think I was surprised to hear that there was financial aid available. That is something that I had no idea existed at community college. So how affordable is it? It all depends on the state in which you live, but nationally it costs about $3,500 to go to a community college for your tuition and fees, and about $10,000 to go to a four-year university, so about a third of the cost. So if someone were to go to community college for those first two years, you can see right there that benefit. And then with the national movement of a college promise really helping with those first one to two years, it really makes a difference and allows many families to rise up out of poverty and become college education, educated. In my dreams, I'm closing in on retirement. I no, Dan, you can't leave us. Yeah, this, this was actually <laughs> a setup for Denise to have to say that. But, uh, <laughs> are community colleges going to own the lifelong learning space, do you think? People, people come back to retool, to enrich themselves, or that, that will be more extension courses out of a university? I actually see it as both. About 10 years ago, um, lifelong learning was one of the major areas of focus also. Now we really have just the three missions of community college, which is uh, career education, transfer to a four-year university, and helping with foundational skills. So the the lifelong learning is more really for uh, adult ed type. It is for the extension courses. And there's some, certainly, if you're going to take a computer class or learn coding as part of your lifelong learning, that is it. But it is a little bit different emphasis now at some of the community colleges so, than in the So it would, it would be mission creep to yeah. start building out for life. So we need a fourth kind of higher education for me when I retire. For you, Dan, so yeah. that so you can take a class. But, but can anyone, anyone who wants to can sign up for a community college class, yes? Or do you have to have certain requirements? Anyone who wants to can sign up for a community college. You need to either have a high school diploma or be 18 years of age. Dan, you, you passed both of those. I, there's zero chance I could find my high school diploma. There's zero <laughs> you don't chance. need to find your high school diploma. I just need to swear that I have one. No, 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 no. Or be 18 years of age. Or. So you just have to prove you're 18. You don't even yeah. need a high school. You, you know what? Even, that is another lesson yes. that I just learned today. Right. I thought you had to have a high right. school diploma to, to right. sign up for community college. No, I'm you so, don't. I'm so glad you asked that. For financial aid, you would need a GED or a high school diploma. But to go to a community college, you just have to be 18. This is awesome. This, is, this must be something in a dream in Greece back in the days of Socrates and Plato where everyone could come and learn. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. You can come here and learn, and we will offer it for you. 
It's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful, and I, I think we welcome you to come to any of our classes because what's so exciting is while our average age is about 24, you can have a 65-year-old in the class as well as a 16-year-old and everyone learning from each other, and it's a really vibrant educational space. Except, as I've discovered, going to many community colleges here for other reasons, the parking's expensive. <laughs> the parking is expensive. <laughs> okay, we'll see if Debbie can work on that. Thank you, Debbie, so much for thank coming, you. and thank you for listening to Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope. If you missed any of this episode, listen anytime on demand with the SiriusXM app. From the campus of Stanford University, this has been Schools In with Dan Schwartz and Denise Pope.